American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and is a nationwide disaster preparedness network made up of patient-oriented radio operators. So, Amron phonetically, Alpha, Mike, Romeo, Romeo, Oscar, November. This is a directed net, so please hold any traffic until that control station calls for it. Any emergency traffic may break in at any time. Covering tactics, techniques, news, technology, and concepts related to emergency communications in support of the American Redoubt Radio Operators Network and disaster communications in general. When conventional communications are disrupted or compromised, grid up or grid down, this is Partisan Radio. Welcome once again this week, and I apologize for the late production of Volume 10. I had a issue with my digital recorder yesterday that it would not respond to anything. It was uh, I had to completely reset it. So here I am Monday morning getting this out to you guys. However, we are here and lots going on in the communications world. Uh, I just wanted to say congratulations once again to those of you that are getting licensed. I want to remind you also that NETs are this week. So we look forward to uh, seeing you on the air, especially those of you who've just recently upgraded your stations and your licenses. For those of you on HF now with HF Ray, that are in uh, various stages of getting your antennas and and your rigs all configured. Uh, More and more of you are coming online, and that's really encouraging to see. So congratulations to you guys for all your hard work. Don't forget, also T-Rex 2015 is coming up August 7th, 8th, and 9th. So put that on your calendars. If you want to learn more about that, go to amron.com and type in the search word promo and instructions, or T-Rex 2014, Uh, You can see last year's promo videos for T-Rex, and uh, that will answer most of your questions because uh, a lot of the minor details that we'll be adding will be coming later on in the middle of the summer, uh, probably, well, in about a month now, mid-June to mid-July, about a month out, we'll have everything up there that would be different from 2014, which really has a lot to do with some of the contests and participation and things like that. The video that is up there now is uh, sufficient to let you know more about that. When we talked about the intelligence preparation of the community, a course that is being put on by Sam Culper from Guerrilla America, that was going to be scheduled for the end of May, beginning of June. However, uh, they are going to be moving that and combining that with another class that was already scheduled in July. So you'll be able to go and check that out on RadioFreeRedoubt.com. And of course, that's an intelligence course, but it really ties in with the communications because the communications effort supports the intelligence effort. And that is really the flow of information. And some of you who have uh, an interest in the communications side as it ties in with the intelligence process might be interested in that. And also there are courses going on around the country at various different times. So you can go to forwardobserver.com and find the intelligence preparation of the community course wherever that may be at various different times and places. So look for one near you. One of our own created a great series of videos for the WinLink project. And if you're not familiar with that, well, in a grid down situation with no internet, no power, 
Wouldn't it be nice to be able to send and receive emails? Well, how can that be possible? Well, it is possible with ham radio. The WinLink system allows for email over radio, and these consist of various different nodes around the world that are connected to the internet, but you don't have to be connected to the internet to be able to access this. It was really designed, uh, well, really took off among the maritime community with sailors using it out on the open waters to be able to check on their loved ones and send information and send and receive emails. These nodes that are located in various places around the world are connected to the internet. So you can send an email using your FCC call sign using the WinLink program, using an email program that's free called RMS Express. With that free program downloaded, and it is only available for Windows, it has been that way from the beginning, and there's no sign of them adding it to other operating systems. RMS Express for Windows allows you to send and receive emails over your radio. You connect to a node, which in turn is connected to the internet. It goes to a central server, and then it goes back out to uh, other WinLink users, ham radio operators, or a regular email address. This is really handy when you are trying to reach somebody from a grid down area and the personal testimonies to this. We had an Amron operator a couple of years ago during Hurricane Sandy who was in a grid down situation and sent a situation report letting everyone know that he's okay. And although regionally they were affected, he was able to reach one of the nodes outside of the affected area where the internet and power and everything was still operational and sent me an email at John Jacob at radiofreeredoubt.com uh, from his backyard, including a picture of the damage, the storm damage to his property. Uh, so it's just a, uh, it's pretty amazing. And also if we have a nationwide grid down situation, you can still send emails directly, what's called peer-to-peer -peer mode, or just from one radio operator to the other directly without going through a node at all. Well, there is a series of videos that were produced. I believe there are seven in all, and those are available over at winlink.org. It's a how-to video series on WinLink and RMS Express. So go and check that out if you are an HF high frequency radio operator. And I just really want to encourage all of you to expand and, and get into HF because that is where the real communications take place, if you will. To reach to the outside out of your community, HF is really where it's at. And it's hard to convince people of that. You basically have to reach that conclusion on your own. But time and time again, we hear that from folks saying, I finally realize I have to have HF communications. And not every single operator needs to have that, but you should have at least one operator with HF capability within your group. Last week, we talked about a story from a terrorist attack that was thwarted in Houston, Texas. What was unique about this story is the multiple reports that I've received now of the use by authorities of an EMP device to disable possible explosives or triggering devices following the attack in Garland, Texas. I have several little bites here that came from various sources. I'll read those to you. 
Reporters told to disable electronics by police before electronic pulses. Next one. Several reporters at the scene of Sunday's terror attack in Garland, Texas, stated that police used an electromagnetic pulse device when examining the suspected shooter's vehicle for explosives. Next, Garland police had warned of electronic magnetic pulse. This is from uh, a reporter by the last name of Coakley. Another one. Following the explosions, NBC5's Jocelyn Lockwood, who captured the event on film, said that the police refused to comment on the sound's origin. Apparently, there was an explosion sound, uh, which may or may not have been related to the EMP device itself. Another reporter on Fox 4 said his uh, Twitter followers that police had warned of further electronic pulses after the initial explosion. And uh, technology experts, including the ACLU's Christopher Sogoyen, debated on social media over whether Garland police or federal agents were responsible for the device. So there doesn't seem to be any dispute whatsoever as to whether or not they used an electromagnetic device. They were arguing over who was responsible for it. This was from the ACLU. Was it the police or federal agents? And of course, the police wouldn't discuss this any further. So this could be a new capability that we might want to be aware of. If we are trying to support leaders, maybe elected officials, maybe your sheriff who is in conflict with the way that federal agents may see things as they should be, well, this could turn into a situation where your local patriot, constitution-minded leadership may need your support for command and control and communications. So this could lead to a situation where the possibility is there that they could attempt to disrupt communications by use of these mobile or what appear to be portable EMP devices. So a couple of recommendations, and this would be a good discussion to get uh, more ideas flowing. If any of you can think of some, I would recommend, first of all, have backup comms in Faraday boxes or Faraday containers, Faraday cages that would protect your electronics from the electromagnetic pulses. There's an adage, for every million dollar weapon, there's a $10 solution for defeating it, even if you haven't figured out what it is yet. One other, one of the things that you could have besides an additional radio would possibly be a burner phone or two. And that's something that you could use in a a post EMP weapon event. Uh, You could get your burner phone out and then power it up and then quickly send a text Uh, Text would uh, bring, it's a lower signal, it is more narrow bandwidth, and it is more likely to get out. And if there was a repeat or follow-up EMP hit, then a second burner phone, as cheap as they are, uh, might not be a bad idea to be able to get back out and uh, send additional text. Something else to think about is that uh, your primary phone could be targeted. So that's why a burner phone might be uh, something really handy to have that's not registered to you or your name. Uh, There have been instances in the past and articles uh, suggesting that the police or some type of authority uh, could even be an invading force with the technology could take control of an individual phone, especially if they can target it by knowing they want to go to uh, Joe Citizen's phone and disable it, only enabling the 911 access. 
This would still allow negotiators and other officials to make telephone contact with you, but theoretically you would be unable to call anyone except 911. One other option would be an internet hotspot, a burner hotspot. Internet accessing hotspots, they're about the size of a computer mouse, and you can buy those now for cash and potentially have internet access through a cell phone tower. Another thing that could help you bypass, minimize the effects of an EMP device would be a landline telephone as opposed to electronic or wireless devices. A landline telephone, of course, that obviously has its vulnerabilities as well. Another thing that I recommend to have in your inventory is a scanner. And your scanner should also have media and, of course, your local police, law enforcement, and EMS frequencies programmed into those. In the case in Garland, Texas, the media was told by the police prior to the EMP event. And it's logical that the media would be using their radio communications to alert others around them and to talk to their station, letting them know that they will not be on the air for a while because the police just told them to turn off all their electronics. And a scanner may give you enough of an advance warning to know that either you or those that you are attempting to support, give communication support to, could be uh, soon targeted for a directional mobile portable EMP device. Now, let's talk about burner phones. And we're going to give one away this morning. Grid up communications. Of course, cell phones, for them to work, the grid has to be up. But there's lots of situations where a grid up situation might require some unconventional type of communications. So let's talk about burner phones. There are a number of reasons why you might need a burner phone in the future. Uh, it could be a situation where maybe you're trying to coordinate with your underground church. Maybe only state-approved churches are allowed to meet at some point in the future. You may want to be able to communicate with others so you can coordinate with them for meetings or support. And a phone that's not tied to your identity might be the way to go. It could be an elected official who's associating with support personnel. And you might want to have a phone ready to hand to them or ready to issue to someone who might need it, who may maybe not have given thought to this prior. The other thing is, well, it could just be, besides fun, for no other purpose, just to begin developing habits and familiarization now with your prepper group meetings, assembly meetings, militia meetings and such. Could be a good time now to start familiarizing yourself with different concepts like burner phones. Now let's talk about burner phones and how to go about using one and incorporating that into your communications. In the event that relatively quick communications must be made and cell phone services are available, the following is what you could use as a protocol for the use of over-the-counter, no-contract cell phones to support covert communications between operators, leaders, and other high-value personalities or your friends and loved ones. First of all, use only cash or a gift card. Do not use debit cards, credit cards, checks, or online purchases for a over-the-counter, no-contract phone, which we call burner phones. It's a phone that you can use, but you can toss and throw away if you need to. Now, these must not be traceable to you. 
You can purchase these phones now as low as $5 when you catch them on sale for just the flip phone. They have special programs as well, such as the double your minute phones, which might cost a little bit more. But every time you charge those with minutes, it will automatically double the minutes that you purchase for that phone for the life of the phone. It's one little thing that you can look for, a double your minutes phone. Purchase or acquire a metal or Faraday box for all of this to go into. And also consider waterproofing or water resisting the phone and its components. A Ziploc bag is sufficient or a Mylar bag. Now to activate a burner phone, remove the packaging in the store parking lot and remove the SIM card. Place that in a plastic Ziploc baggie in the secure container. Then once you get to your home or office or elsewhere, you can insert the battery as long as the SIM card is removed and charge per the manufacturer's recommendations. Now, warning, do not insert the SIM card bat and the battery at the same time, even if you do not power the phone on at your residence or at your safe house or any other secure location. Do not insert the SIM card and the battery at the same time. Activate the phone from a publicly available Wi-Fi spot, such as a coffee shop or a restaurant or in the parking lot sitting outside of McDonald's. Do not use this phone in the same proximity as your normal cell phone. Using the cell phone towers, a cell phone can be pinpointed to within just a few meters, and this data can be compared to other data. It would be very easy to see the pattern that your covert phone always seems to get turned on within a few feet from Joe Smith's phone. And they can use algorithms to build associations and start connecting dots. It may be best to leave your normal phone on and leave it at the office or at home or go to a separate location to power on and use your burner phone. Then power it down and remove the battery prior to returning to your home or office and reuniting with your normal phone. When you leave, do not turn your phone off. This will also build a pattern that could raise suspicion where a couple of times a month, about the same time in the afternoon, your phone goes off the map for two hours and then comes back on. So don't want to build any patterns or raise suspicion as to any type of unusual activity. Your normal phone vanishing at the relative same time your covert phone appears in the system could also provide a pattern or raise suspicion that could eventually tie the user of both phones together. So just remember, do not insert your SIM card and the battery even if you do not power the phone on at your residence or at your safe house or any other secure location. It could one day be where Bible studies that aren't registered uh, could be illegal. And so you don't want to be leading potential future authorities to a location that's going to get everyone arrested for reading non-authorized Bibles. <laughs> The covert phone should only be used to contact other covert phones. Only in the most extreme and time or event critical situations should a covert phone be used to contact a normal cell phone. Texting is the preferred method for using these phones whenever possible and practical. If you don't text, if you are one of those that says, I'm not a texter, then develop the skill set. These digital, as opposed to voice communications, use much less bandwidth and power and prepaid minutes, then do voice. And any captured text message you send would not be accompanied by your voice, which is very unique to you. 
text can be sent at one point in time, and then the recipient can retrieve it at a later time, thereby being used as a message drop system. And both parties do not have to have their phones on at the same time to be able to exchange messages. All messages should be made out to Mr. White, Mr. Black, Mr. A, Mr. B, and never should a message be addressed to or from real names. If you are speaking to another party using covert phones and you do not recognize the voice of the person you are speaking with, or you just want to be certain, then develop an authentication system so that you can be sure, and also a distress system so that you can alert the other one that you are under distress some form, some way. Avoid association of phones, especially at places where you all normally congregate, at your home, work, place, your home church, etc. Have pre-arranged false comms. In other words, you send a message out to another one saying, meeting canceled. Meeting has been moved to next Tuesday, but not really. But that's the message that you're putting out. And you would pre-arrange this with everyone knowing that a false message would be put out at a certain time. And this creates kind of a white noise where real messages are interwoven with false messages. You could say the meeting has been moved to next Tuesday when it really has not been. You could announce new meeting place from now on and then give a false location or, or give a real location that you never actually meet. You could also, with your group, have a false falling out or disbanding of the group on your regular cell phones, and then you continue with communications on your burner cell phones. It would also be a good idea to just use these for emergency type situations or prearranged message drops, and future comms should only take place in person. There are also burner smartphones available on the market, and the convenient thing with burner smartphones is that this could also include apps, which we've all come become very fond of. And these smartphones uh, are very intuitive. So there's a special way you want to handle smart burner phones. And we're going to talk about that more in the future. So we have a burner phone that is brand new. It is the 440 model. And it's never been opened. It was purchased outside the American Redoubt. It was handed by hand to me, delivered, and transported. I do not know how, but securely. And now I have it. So we are going to be mailing this off to the winner. And of course, you can buy these now for $10. So if you don't win, don't worry about it. But this would be a good discussion to have with those in your group about ways to communicate when you might not want to be tied to the, the communication, you don't want your identification tied to the device that you may want to use. We live in a strange and a changing world, and we don't know what the future holds. So these are things that probably be good to start thinking about. Now, the winner of this week's contest is... And we had a lot of entries this week. Lots of entries. Good job. Thank you guys for training. This was a great training exercise with the, hold on, I got the winner right here in my hand. Give it to you in just a second. Last week's training was a digital message using MT63, which gave you instructions on what to do when the following message came on. And that was an image that was sent using FSK, FS, MFSK mode. There we go. 
for sending images. I sent an image of the exact phone, well, not the exact phone, but the same model of phone that we are going to be giving away and sending off tomorrow. The winner is Coyote01. Coyote01. If we don't hear from you in 48 hours, we will contact you. Thank you for entering and thank you all for training. And uh, we've got more ahead. We won't be doing a training exercise this week. However, this coming week, we will be doing a training exercise, and that will be to give away a tactical wood gas battery bank. It's a, well, it's a plastic portable uh, RV battery holder, but it is pre-wired with an inverter and a plug-in wall charger as well. Really cool little setup, and that was donated by tacticalwoodgas.com. Probably go check out that battery that battery bank holder right there on their website. Good stuff. We've got that to look forward to. We are going to be talking about one-time pads. It is a uh, extremely powerful, uh, arguably unbreakable, as long as you follow certain protocol, encryption. And uh, it is, uh, it's a tool that has been used for decades by operatives and we want to pass that skill set on to you because it could come in real handy one day so that's pretty much all that i have for this week next week we've got more to cover and we're looking forward to that we uh just would look forward to seeing you out there on the nets and on the air congratulations coyote zero one i have no further traffic you have a great week and we'll talk to you this sunday in the next volume 11 of partisan radio I'm John Jacob Schmidt, 73. As ready, trained communicators, right up to the present time, radio hams have been busy every single minute. The ever-increasing group of radio amateurs who have equipped themselves at their own expense with two-way radio sets by amateurs who saw their opportunity to render a public service and paid off for Americans in trouble.